0: Hey everyone, this is Sean Devney from Heavy Sports here with the Celtics Collective. Uh today the collective is me and Steve Bolpet. uh, our Heavy uh N- NBA <laughs> insider. <Reynolds. laughs> Steve, how are you this afternoon? Uh, how are things going there in the hunt? Uh it's beautiful. Uh excellent. Glad to hear. Last time we spoke, it was uh uh, it was a, a, a smoky day, uh, smoky because uh, there was literally smoke coming off the ground. Uh, where I was, I think it was the same where you were as well.
1: Off the ocean, not off the ground. Yes, yes. Yeah. you
0: have an ocean in your backyard. Meteor- which, uh, Let's see. When the
1: uh, meteorologist's face here, when the, here, yeah. when the <laughs> air temperature is significantly colder than the water temperature, there appears yeah. the steam is rising from the yeah. ocean.
0: Thank you for that, uh, uh, Dick Albert. You can uh, see the... <laughs> We have a high, high pressure area. Sorry. All right. Let's get to the Celtics Uh, because that's, uh that's what's everyone, what's on everyone's mind here. Of course, uh probably more than anything is the trade deadline. Uh, so we are certainly going to talk about that. We're going to get to that. Um, you know, we're going to uh, uh, just look a little bit about where the team is right now coming off, uh, uh, you know, a good win uh, in Detroit—something that they needed. Uh, you know, after a stretch of for, uh, <laughs> games where, where they really hadn't played very well, uh, but you know, uh, on a Monday night they get the win uh, against uh, against the Pistons. Uh, not a team that, uh, that that that's putting the fear of God into many people. But uh, but, what did you take out of that win, Steve?
1: Um, well, they spent more time. Um, doing what they were supposed to do. You know, I mean, that's really all this stuff comes down to Sean is like, (laughs) you know, is if, if they play the way they're supposed to, and that means playing with a good pace, moving the ball, cutting, those simple things, you know, it's hard to picture someone beating them in a seven game series, but if you don't, you get what happened last Friday against Phoenix and you can lose to anybody. And by the way, don't mean to say Phoenix like it's like they're a terrible team, but they were that night in terms of the bodies they were missing. Yeah. Well, undermanned Phoenix, you know, smoked you on your own court. Um, And that's what, uh, you know, if there's a point of frustration within the Celtics, that's it.
0: Yeah, it's uh, and and you know, th- th- moving the ball that's been something we've talked o- about over and over and over again. Uh, it's something that they 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 find so easy to move away from. Uh, they get back to having uh 25 uh, assists on Monday night against Detroit. That's the 37th time uh, they've done that, and I believe they are 31 and 6 when they when they get at least 25 assists and um you know it doesn't it doesn't take uh, uh, an advanced degree in mathematics to figure out uh, the connection there.
1: Yeah, true. No, I mean it's if you don't have the bodies, if you don't have the talent, then you've got to find other ways. They do have the talent and it becomes that becomes that simple. Even again, then last night we talked about the Phoenix being undermanned, the Celtics were undermanned last night. You know, um did not have uh, two starters, Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown, and still, you know. Um, look, Detroit is not, uh, is not a world beater. Um, we're not trying to, you know, it was a good win because of the way the Celtics played. It wasn't a good win necessarily because of the opponent. But Detroit has got young guys that, that if you don't take them seriously, they will beat you. Um, they've got guys that can play. Uh, they haven't quite put it together yet. I don't think they've quite committed Detroit committed to the defensive end, which is always kind of the last thing that comes along with, with uh, young teams collectively. Um, but uh, you know, I think that uh, I think that Joe Missoula and the Celtics were happy they didn't fall into that uh, the pitfall.
0: Yeah, yeah, obviously not a great team but but not a tanking team either. Not a team that's going out there uh with a loss on its mind. So, uh good for the Celtics to to end that stretch of 4 of 6 uh uh losing those 4 of 6 where the offense looked bad. Uh you know, got to get things together. Um now we did have uh some news in the last couple of days and that was uh uh the the, the All-Star teams are are released. We won't know who's playing with whom until the day of. We'll see how that goes. They're they're forever trying things with this all star game, aren't they, Steve? Sometimes I just wish they would just just go out and have an all star game. If it's not great, then then that's fine. But this whole thing of picking a team on the day of, come on,
1: that's a little weird. Yeah, yeah. that is a little. That's a little strange. I look. I think the best thing about uh, the all stars that they've done is the Elam ending. Yeah, uh, You know, like uh, by the way, uh, thought up by a University of Dayton grad, actually while he was in school. Um, but it, look, if I don't know, I don't think we'd mean to get into a discussion about the e on a Celtics Collective podcast. <laughs> but if it if it wouldn't screw up so many records and all this and all that, wouldn't you like to see that as like the regular thing for NBA games? Sure. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, without this like you know fouling and weird stuff at the end of clock, at the end of uh, the fourth quarter stuff. I mean, that's like straight basketball, and that you know. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, <clears throat> that's I, you know the All Star's gotten weird. Um, yeah. I'm not sure there's a great way to fix it, but um, you know, in terms of the TV spectacle, I guess it's not really much to look at. But the people that are there seem to get into it, and it's yeah. you know, um, you know, because it's it's basically uh, um, you know fun time.
0: Yeah, yeah, as it should be. Um, you yeah, know, so the Eastern Conference All Star team, uh, not 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 too many guys you'd say were snubbed. The Celtics only had two players, which you know, for the team that is the best in the league. Usually you see three guys sometimes, you know, certainly with the Celtics, we've seen four. Uh, you could have made a case for Marcus Smart. Uh, the injury probably didn't help. And, and the fact that, um, you know, look, it, it would have been tough for him numerically, just looking at the stats, to, to, to really have a case to beat out anybody else. I can't see anybody else on the Celtics even coming close to having a case.
1: Yeah. And look, they're, they're limited rosters. I think if you want to fix the snub issue, expand the rosters. You know, I mean, you're still going to have guys then that are snubbed. I'm sure. Um, It'll make for good radio and TV arguments Um, and in papers and, uh, and our websites as well, I'm sure. But um, yeah, I mean, with 12 spots and you got two of them, you know, look at all the players that are, you know, there's a whole bunch of players getting left out and you can make an argument for Marcus Smart in terms of his, true basketball value but you know numerically it's hard to stack up because he's like you know you've got two other all-stars that are that are racking up numbers next to him
0: yeah and and the uh the surprise guy is probably tyrese halliburton you could probably put smart and, and and make a case there uh, but then you also have to consider. Look, Jalen Brunson didn't make it. James Harden didn't make it. Uh, you know, so if if you're going to pull Tyrese Halliburton, then uh, the Marcus Smart probably have to get in the, the back of the line uh, yeah. in terms of guys who uh, uh, who should be on there before him.
1: And let's let's face too that uh, these teams, these All Star groups, aren't necessarily picked on defense. You know, yeah. right. Um, you know outside of the guys like the the Mutumbos and people like that is you know it's it's hard for a guy that's a defensive glue guy does the little things makes winning plays guy to make a team because this is more about the flash and the you know star kind of thing and a guy can be a star in his role but not necessarily in the in the larger NBA pantheon as far as you know what people want to see in an all-star game people I actually, I'd love to see some defense in an all-star game, but, you know, um, I guess that's where that ending thing comes in play because then yeah. you've got to try to win it, and here's where defense comes in.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and I think having you know a charity playing for a charity that sort of thing that's that 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 helps as well. But uh, you know the all star games, the all star games. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. That's just you know, and you can't control it. The, the, the dunk contest, same thing. Sometimes it's going to be really cool. Sometimes it's going to be Nate Robinson, uh, you know, going up uh, uh, with, with with fifty attempts <laughs> before he finally gets one. That's just how it goes. Sometimes you know, what's, I, I, what's
1: I, the uh, what's the thing that people I think well, what do you think that for you which what do you want to see the most out of all star weekend what what interests you the most of all the stuff that
0: goes on then uh yeah probably the three point contest I think that's exactly. the curious thing you know because there's just you know what the rules are you go in you shoot a bunch of threes uh and whoever gets the most wins <laughs> you know that's that to and me there is really- and there is some drama and some pressure involved and yeah. it's yeah. It's objective. It's not
1: subjective. You don't get a a nine point five for you know for the way you're – for your release point on your three point shot. You don't you don't have judges.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly that. And of course, the celebrity game. I know you're a big fan of the celebrity game uh, as well, Steve. <laughs> you know, um I can I can tell you a, a good
1: three point story. That uh, I mean, everyone talks about uh, bird walking into the first one. And yes, I did cover that first one. Yes. Um, <clears throat> Uh, and saying just looking around, saying I'm I'm just looking for who's going to be who's, who's going to finish second. Well, uh, the Celtics' first game after that was in Sacramento, and uh, it was a t- the game was Tuesday night, so the team meets up there Wednesday, and they were staying at the, at the Red Lion Inn, like one of these these like hotel slash motelish kind of things and um so the bus is getting ready to leave for practice around five o'clock or so and back then media you know we'd be on the bus to practice the whole bit and bird is standing in this like you know lobby uh with uh, one of those like dime store notebooks like memo Mm -hmm. books and he'd written down everyone that had bet him on the team and we're talking about you know i'm not you know I'm not talking about huge bets like today's NBA money. We might have been talking 20 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever. And he's got them all written down. What do you <laughs> we bet him? And he's there going, come on, get your money up here. I'm I'm three-point king. He said, well, I'm going to win it, but I won. Go get your money. And like Dennis Johnson, hey, it's in my room. It's like, you know, a mile away on one of those weird red lions. He goes, well, go get it. They're, they'll wait for me. They're not going to leave without me. I'm a three-point king. They ain't gonna, the boss ain't going to leave without me.
0: Yeah, oh, that's good.
1: And he's sitting there marking them off. And it, it, what does that show? Not that Larry was a, you know, a money-hungry guy. It's that that was the competitiveness in him. Yeah. And that's yeah. why he wanted to win that three-point thing so desperately.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I remember when – uh uh Craig Hodges from the Bulls, uh, you know, said, uh, you know, they had had some back and forth and, and, and Larry won it. And, and, and Craig Hodges said, well, you know, anytime he wants to go again, he knows where to find me. And and Larry said, yeah, he's at the end of the bench.
1: <laughs> okay. Oh, Bird could be – we could do a whole show about it, about Bird's one-liars. I mean, he, he could be in Richfield one time. Uh, Richfield Coliseum, the Cavaliers' old home. Uh, there was a, a group behind a guy behind the uh, uh, the Celtics bench that was just getting on Larry, like you know, like don't poke the bear. Anyway, um, the Celtics are walking into a timeout, coming over to the bench, and this guy's just you know ragging on Larry and kill him. And so Bird looks over and goes, "I could throw up my wallet and crush your whole section." <laughs> It's uh
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's Larry. Excellent. All right. Well, let's, let's, let's move on because, you know, we do, uh, we are just a couple of days away from the uh, trade deadline of course. And, and that sort of dominated, uh, uh, all conversation around the NBA and, uh, you know, all the chatter about, well, nothing's going to happen. There's no big names. There's the, uh, you know, the play in and all that. And and of course, we've already had, uh, one, one pretty blockbuster deal, uh, and, and perhaps more to come. So, Uh, let's, let's look at it first from the Celtics point of view. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about, uh, Kelly Olenek before, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a potential there, but the feeling still is that that, that'd be a tough one to pull off just, just with the finances and, and, and how that would actually work. Is that, uh, uh, is that still your understanding, Steve? I think so. But, um, but as
1: it gets closer, you know, who knows? Um, the Celtics might be willing to throw something in there and, uh, the, the Jazz might want to clear the deck some more, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, uh, you know, we'll see how that pans out. But I, I do think the Celtics are going to make a,
0: a bit of a, a harder push in these next couple of days. It, it would seem to me just, just in terms of the finances that they'd probably have to use the, um, the, the, the traded player exception to bring somebody in and then package and then and then use that in a package to go ahead and get and, and get all in It's hard to see how else they could they could make that work financially.
1: Yeah. You know, look, it's there will be some gymnastics involved. Yeah. And let's as we're talking about them going after Kelly Olenek, let's also say that the most likely scenario if the Celtics are to make a move. Most likely is that they're going to wait till the buyout market. And see what they can pull in there because their uh, their slots will be will be good. They'll they'll have a, a, an opportunity with the um, uh, the injured player uh, exception they're going to have. They have for uh, Danilo Gallinari that puts them in a pretty good spot to grab a guy uh, once the buyout things start happening.
0: Yeah, because most teams will have just a, a minimum uh, available. Uh, and a lot of teams are going to be looking at the luxury tax and not wanting to pay somebody, uh, you know, a team like Miami or Chicago, you know, won't want to pay somebody that, that will push them over the tax. The Celtics are already over the tax and they've got more than $3 million that they can throw at somebody, uh, which is that's, that's going to be more than than, than anybody else. Can yeah. give. So, so, so they've got that in their back pocket.
1: Yeah. And look, in terms of paying the tax, the Celtics don't want to, in terms of the ownership here and, and uh, management, they don't want to be the organization that lost in the finals last year and then either didn't get there or lost again in the finals this year. You know, they don't want to be that team. So they, I, you know, have no doubt that this group will uh, will put up what's necessary to support whatever moves they need. the basketball ops crew thinks needs to be made
0: yeah you know a name that's that's interesting also with the jazz who uh um you know for a while uh wasn't was said to not be available because he is 23 that's jared vanderbilt um you know big guy who is kind of in that mold that the celtics sort of need not not so much offensively not a great offensive player but certainly defensively can play the four can play the five young guy 23 years old like i said um, you know, is coming up uh, into eventually is going to need to be paid, uh, but uh, but you know at 23 it looked like the Jazz you know had, had had sort of said yeah okay we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna keep this guy, uh, but now he's been mentioned as 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 a part of uh, uh, like you said the Jazz sort of clearing the decks. Um, you know, is 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 there a potential fit for Boston there? Do you think? I'm not sure. Um, I think a lot of that's well,
1: is he someone the Celtics could use could fit? Sure. Um, but they're not going to, you know, they're, they'd be in a situation this summer where you got to pay the guy. Yeah. And they've, you know, they've got Horford and Rob Williams set. Uh, they're going to have to pay uh, Grant Williams. And I think he's, you know, people aren't talking about him, but he fills a bunch of roles, doesn't he? Um, and, you know, uh, we'll see what happens with him on the market, whether he gets an offer that the Celtics – are going to find hard to match, but he's a guy they really need. He, again, uh, he um, solves a couple different issues for them. So I'm not sure they'd want to get into into that situation with another player where they're like waiting out offer sheets. Um, but, um, you know, it could happen based on what's here. But I think in terms of the guy's availability from Utah, uh, the people who are available, a lot's going to come down to what else the Jazz can get. Um, they're going to be open for business. And if, uh, if Jordan Clarkson ever gets moved, that could bring them back some really good stuff. Um, so um, there are a lot of moving parts here. So the, the Celtics' ability to get a player from, say, the Jazz could be dependent on whatever else that team has. You know, It might not just be, well, Boston has this, Utah has this. This is what could work. It may, you know, be uh, be factored uh, by what the what the Jazz can do, or you know, or trying are what they are trying to do.
0: Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of Orlando when the Celtics got Evan Fournier. You know that it wasn't until after Orlando had done the Vucevic deal and the Aaron Gordon deal that they said, "Well, we're sitting on." Uh, uh, you know, we're sitting on Evan Fournier here. We'll take a couple second rounders. Uh, you know, if they hadn't gotten those first two deals done, then then mm-hmm. who knows how they would have approached that. So, so yeah, the Celtics, you know, certainly are hoping uh, that a team like Utah will will make some moves early so that they kind of can see, okay, you know, uh, uh, we're in everything must go mode, <laughs> and uh, uh, and maybe take advantage at that point. Yeah, true, absolutely. Uh, you know. Uh, you mentioned Grant Williams and and his name came up uh, as somebody that the Celtics could potentially look to move here, um, that they're disappointed in his defense. I think it was Kevin O'Connor from, from the Ringer who said they're disappointed in his defense this year. Uh, and uh and 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 would be willing to move him i can tell you that's the first i'd really heard that 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 they were disappointed in in his defense certainly offensively uh he's 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 backed up what he did last year uh i would say he's not playing at the same level defensively as he was uh in the conference finals and in the finals but I would also say I don't want him to, you know, I don't want him to do that in December and January. I want him to do that in the playoffs. So, um, you know, is, is, is there anything to the possibility of, of, of trading away Grant Williams? Tell me what you're getting in return. Yeah.
1: Uh, Because they're not going to, you know, just because it's a good move in the overall, you know, picture for the Celtics, they're not going to do anything that's going to hinder what they've already got. We've, talked about that in the past I think Sean um, you know uh, it's kind of like the Hippocratic oath for Brad Stevens right now first do no harm yeah right you know right. so whatever you can get sure whatever whatevers you can add to what you have but <clears throat> they I think would be deathly afraid of subtracting from what's there right now what's there right now is the team with the best record in the NBA and a team that when it plays, Without its head uh, in its nether region, um, <laughs> is a team that's going to be that uh, would be a favorite to beat anybody.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and I think uh, you know, like I say, I I, I I am surprised to hear that they that they would be disappointed in, in what they've gotten from Grant Williams. Uh, and I also think that you know, there that that you put it in the context of of the contract that Al Horford signed. Uh, And that does make, you know, whatever, whatever the offer is that Grant Williams gets, uh, if you were to get something from another team, the fact that you've gotten a pretty team friendly deal from Al Horford, you know, that, that, that gives you a little more leeway in terms of, uh, uh, in terms of what you would look at for Grant Williams and say, that's too much.
1: Well, and it also, but it also gives them room to say, okay, we can afford to spend, over what we want to with Grant Williams because right. we saved elsewhere. Right. Look, I mean, what they've got, what it's going to cost them for Al Horford and uh, and Rob Williams to be your two starting big people next year, I mean, that's ridiculously, you know, ridiculously team-friendly. Yeah. Um, there's got to be another word for that, or uh, but um, damn if I can think of it. Um, but, yeah, it's, you know, so you can – Maybe afford to go, you know, uh, a little more elsewhere, but you don't want <clears throat> to. You don't want to have to make up for for what Grant Williams does. So you know they'll they'll get to a point where they say, okay, this is a bridge too far. But let's say this too, a lot of what their stance might be in the summer can be dictated by what happens the rest of this season in the playoffs. Right. Yeah, the Celtics yeah. win a championship, you know. Uh, You know, it's just interesting to see what what factor that could have uh, on what they think going
0: forward. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, they're certainly in a position where they don't have to lose Grant Williams for nothing. If you trade him now, he's a four million dollar player. Right. I mean, that's that's. That's just what that's just where he is uh, in terms of his contract. So when you're bringing back a player, you're going to that's that's all you have to. That's the way that that the NBA salary structure is set up. Uh, if you pay him this summer, if somebody gives him a twenty million dollar offer and you match it, now you've got a twenty million dollar player that that perhaps you can look to trade. If somebody thought he was worth that much at at this point, then then you know down the line you've got him and and, and you've got that trade chip. Uh, you know, rather than it's really, really difficult thing to lose a restricted free agent for nothing. And and I can't see the Celtics doing that. And I can't see them taking, uh, uh, you know, an out on Grant Williams here at uh, uh, when he's when he's at the four million dollar slot rather than, you know, why not pay him? And then next January you could look to trade him if that's the way it works out.
1: Yeah. And there's also you could, you know, you could do sign and trade this summer.
0: Yes. You know? Right.
1: So, I mean, there's there's options, but it's going to come back to what what options the Celtics have, you know, to fill that role if they, you know, uh, going forward. Um, you know, I, it'll be interesting to see how they, you know, how they remake the roster or excuse me, how they augment the roster uh, in uh, either next couple days or buyout season. But um, but this summer, too, I mean, you know, you're going to have to make some decisions about guys going forward. Is every ed- bit of evidence that you can keep together what you have. Right. You know, right. like they, it'll be the Celtic choice whether Grant Williams plays here next year or not. Right. That right. That is their decision to make because they can match whatever offer he gets. Yeah. So, right. um, you know, they can easily, you know, they can run it back with what they have and find, try to find ways to creatively build around that. Um that's probably the most likely scenario, unless something crazy pops out there, you know. And and yeah. we, as we've seen in the last
0: week, um, nobody does crazy like the NBA. <laughs> Speaking of which, let's move on to what's going on down in Brooklyn, uh, where man, what a uh, what, what a week! What what a, I mean, this was uh, th- this last week in Brooklyn has been. Uh, the longest month that the Nets have ever had, you know, just uh, uh, unbelievable uh, the speed with which all this happened, um, you know, where, um, you know, as, as, as you reported, I think folks in in Brooklyn were under the impression that, that things were going okay with Kyrie Irving. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, he says, Nope, I want out. And they said, fine, gone. And, and, and really the speed with which all that happened uh, to me, was, was, was the most shocking part, was was that the, the, the Nets were, were more than willing to pull the trigger on something uh, as soon as it came up, uh, you know, rather than doing what they did with, uh, with Kevin Durant over the summer, for instance, kind of slow walking the whole process. Uh, you know, they they'd said, fine, you're out.
1: Yeah, I, well, when the uh, Kyrie's trade rec- request was first uh, reported, um, I tweeted out that uh, Sam, um, me, Sean Marx's uh, therapist just became the most, you know, one of the ten worst jobs in America. Yeah. Because um, that guy's gonna have to, he's gonna have to listen to a whole lot of stuff. But um, you know, I can tell you through our reporting that the the Nets were shocked. Um, I hope I did a pretty good job in the story of covering the sources, covering their identities. But, that, but from the inside, that was a mess. And they were like, you know, like, what next, you know? And I guess there will be nothing more next, um, at least from, from Kyrie. Um, but, yeah, that was – it caught them off guard. The thing I keep going back to with this is, um, you know, Kyrie said he wants to win and all these things. And <clears throat> Kevin Durant's getting close to coming back, right? Right. Um, but in the the 20 games that they did, the last 20 games they played uh, with Kevin Durant, the Nets won 18 of them. Yeah. Okay. So they were a team that, you know, you know, they hadn't yet pushed themselves into the, you know, the, the best record they were, but they were starting to really challenge Boston in that regard. And I trust me, there were GMs all around this league. That were getting nervous, like, oh, damn, like, you know, it's like happy guilt, happy learned how to putt, you know?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: all of a sudden, these guys got their stuff together. Right. And that frightened a lot of teams. And
0: all of a sudden, you know, uh, Kyrie comes through for them. Yeah. And, and, you know, I thought the Nets did fairly well. I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie fine. Uh, And, and Dorian Finney Smith is a guy who I think actually fits uh, with what they want to do pretty well. Uh, It's a lot like Royce O'Neal, a little bigger though. uh, And, uh, you know, can play the three, can play the four, can shoot the three, uh, you know, really good defensive player. Uh, They're they're clearly trying to put that kind of guy uh, around Kevin Durant. Um, And that is, Moving on to the next subject with uh, uh, with uh, when it comes to the Nets, that is uh, uh, if Kevin Durant does stick around there, and and that's that's probably uh, uh, the big question is is what happens next. Uh, With him uh, not getting traded by Thursday, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't care what anybody says. There's just no way that that's happening uh, here in these two days. Uh, You know, they're trying to make other moves. They're trying to see if there's another splashy thing to be done. Um, You know, obviously, if they could move Ben Simmons, that'd be great. You know, hard to find a taker there, obviously, but uh, uh, but you know, uh, the Celtics have again. Been dragged into the Kevin Durant vortex. Uh, you know, it's déjà vu, uh, uh, except that it's a lot colder now than it was last time we were talking about this. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, you know, what do you, what do you make of uh, of the Kevin Durant situation and uh, and and the possibility uh, that he could wind up here in Boston?
1: Well, the first thing that Brooklyn is clearly, from everything I've been told, they're trying to find moves to, uh, to build with what they have right now to make Kevin Durant happy, uh, to make him or make him more comfortable with the situation that they have. Um, you know, it's – you can say that the, the Nets got a reasonable return for Kyrie Irving, but in the NBA, the, the, the team that gets the best player in the trade is the team that wins the trade. In this case, in that the the Brooklyn Dallas case, that you know you have to add the caveat that it's Kyrie, right. and that, contest, that right, best right. players that best player thing um, won't mean much if he you know finds another issue or, or if he gets upset because, uh, right. yeah, G- oh, games played, you know, one of my
0: favorite, one of my favorite things is that games played is an underrated stat and, yeah. and, and with Kyrie, that's, that's certainly So, yeah. Point. So, but back to, to
1: Durant, they're trying to find ways to, to make him comfortable with the situation. Um, <clears throat> if you're Boston, that's an interesting one. It's really, really interesting um, because, uh, Number one, Durant is just that damn good. Right. Um, but number two, you've got with with uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. You've got the basis of a long time. You know, you, you're looking at a pretty good size window here. Um, and whereas you know you could have injuries to other people, whatever. If you've got those two guys, then you're always just a move or two away. From being right in the mix to compete for a championship, um, so you know it would be hard for me to see the Celtics um, giving up on that for a guy that's you know still one of the best handful of players on the planet, but is getting up there.
0: Yeah, thirty-four years old and has had trouble staying healthy the last couple of years. Uh, obviously, going back to the uh, uh, to the uh, the Achilles the uh, Achilles surgery that he had uh 2019 during the finals, uh, uh that injury with the Warriors and uh, you know, sat out a whole year and and, and really has not been uh, you know, an, an 82 game player uh since then and and probably won't be here on out at age 34 going forward. So yeah, that's definitely a factor. And uh, you know, yeah, and it's 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 something that, you know, if you're the Celtics, uh that's that's the big number is is Jalen Brown's 27 and and you know, 26, 27. And and you know, you've got to look at that and and consider, uh, yeah, Durant's the better player, but uh, you know, you've got you've got another five, six, seven years with these two guys, uh, and 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 really there's nobody in the league that has that. There's nobody in the league that has you know that 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 sure of a thing. Uh, you know, two guys in the same age bracket and uh, and and with the talent level and and really still hitting their peaks, not not even quite there yet. Uh, you know, it, to give up on that would be uh, uh, really really difficult. Uh, even even for a guy like Durant.
1: Yeah. Look, you you've got um, there are there are what twelve spots in the All Star the East All Stars, right? Yeah. And you've got you've got one sixth of them. You know. Yeah. Um, and they were like we're talking about no question guys, right? I mean, Jason Tatum was voted in as a starter, but there was no question he was going to Utah. And there was no question that Jalen Brown was going to Utah. Right. So it's not but like, oh, they have like, not you Not know, a
0: bubble guy, right. But. Yeah,
1: I mean, so, and then the guys you have around them, you know, you've got your lunatic defensive player in, in Marcus Smart, and you've got a guy that, you know, is a huge X factor and whatever you do in Rob Williams, you know, just, you know, stats that, that that aren't in the mainstream, just like keep alive, you know, keeping the ball alive in the offensive glass. Yeah. Those things are valuable. Uh, how many scares does he have in terms of a guy on the opposing, opposing team coming to the basket, seeing, uh, you know, Rob Williams there, or smelling his aftershave and saying, okay, <laughs> I'll, I'm going to go elsewhere now. <laughs> And yeah, you you know the issue you've got in terms of you've got a, a guy in Al Horford who's up there in years who still plays a really critical role for you, um, but you know that's a team that's uh, you know it's it's hard to again you know you don't want to do any harm to what you have yeah and what yeah. you have long term there you're gonna to have to pay Jalen Brown a whole lot of money pretty soon, um, but in in terms of uh, you know, how you can project whether that's going to be a value to you or not, I think he's a pretty solid bet. He's certainly not going to be, you know, um, pulling any uh, – or you don't think he's going to –
0: you have to worry too much about any dramatic issues with him. Right, right, right. And to have it's, – it's a rare thing in today's NBA to have four guys under contract and, and, and likely to be around for the foreseeable future all in the same sort of age bracket, you know, Twenty-four to twenty-seven. You know, Marcus Smart, Rob Williams, uh, and 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 the two Js. I mean, you know, that's 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 a rare thing. And and man, I'd I'd have a real hard time uh, breaking that up. Uh, you know, last thing for you here, Steve, before uh, before we get out of here and, and 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 let you get back to work on the phones. Of course, uh, <laughs> the fifteenth spot on this roster let's 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 you know consider the fact that uh um that that they could hit the buyout market as you as you mentioned um do you think that there's anybody uh who could really make a difference do you do you you project that uh you know i think maybe there's a guy like justin holiday uh could be a, a a possibility if atlanta were to move off of him Um, You know, I I don't know if there's if there's somebody is there somebody on the free agent market now? You know, Carmelo Anthony is posting Instagram videos, um, you know, and and, and certainly would have to be considered, you know, as somebody who's a potential uh, Gallinari replacement. He does some of the same things, not quite, but uh, uh, but could potentially, um, you know, is is there anybody out there that you think could actually make a difference uh, for the Celtics? Well, number one, I think you'd have to look at that, look at like a, a
1: Carmelo Anthony, and say, will he get enough opportunity here to provide what he can, you know, what he has in his in his toolkit? Um, so that that would be the big question there. I think the in terms of what could be available, I think there's so much of that we just don't know right now because look, a, a huge wild card in everything we're discussing here, or kind of on the fringe of what we're discussing is, is Toronto. Yes. Um, if, you know, most likely they decide to wait until the summer because the, it'll be easier to make moves then for them. But, uh, if the Raptors decide, you know, let's push a button now, or if they get some interesting offers that lead them to say, okay, yeah, this domino, we can't afford to pass up on this trade and it's going to make other dominoes fall too. Well, that could change everything in terms of what's available around the league. Because if you trade for one or two of Toronto's guys, then you might have an older guy that you you need to make available. You need to you know to buy him out, and that's a guy that Celtics could want. See, it's yeah. you know it's a it's a weird thing of uh, if the string gets pulled one place, you know branches could fall in other positions as I right, right. Uh, really deftly here, I think uh, mixed my metaphors.
0: Yeah, uh, that was pretty good.
1: Pretty strong. <laughs>
0: <sighs> yeah. You know, and, and, yeah, you know, I mean, I think back to last year and, and the big name on the, on on the buyout market was Goran Dragic. Uh, and, you know, he didn't do a whole lot for the, for the nets down the stretch. He was okay in the playoffs, averaged about 10 points uh, and shot the ball. Okay. But, uh, uh, you know, they still got swept. It's not, you know, there's, there's, I, I think there's a lot more discussion about the buyout uh, that is not in proportion to what the actual effect of the players who wind up uh, uh, on the, uh, uh, on the roster actually, actually wind up having. Yeah. I mean, look, the Celtics, you
1: know, the, their, their glorious buyout guy that, that their fans will always point to w- with some validity is PJ Brown in 2008. Um, but, it was 15 years ago, by the way, <laughs> and and he hit a huge shot for them in the yep. uh, in the series against Cleveland. No doubt about it. And he was helpful here and there. But you know, you you look at him as coming in. You know, you you mentioned you remember that shot. What else do you remember about PJ Brown? Right, right. You know, right. so yep. you know you're you're hoping you can bring in a guy that um, even if it's someone that allows you to rest or give some extra bench time to some regulars and you don't have too much of a fall off. That's a huge value. You know, I mean, the Celtics are looking to add a big guy. I think, I think they're loaded on the wings. I think they're having trouble finding minutes for guys. Now you saw what Sam Hauser did Monday night in Detroit, right? Given, you know, minutes and touches and whatever the guy can still play. So is it, you know, is it, uh, his shot that went away or was it the minutes and opportunities that went away, you know? um, So, but yeah, they could use a big guy that, that allows them to, you know, to, to have some uh, um, better results with certain guys off the floor. Um, And again, that could be a huge benefit to you where, and the guy, well, he might, he didn't have money much for numbers and stats at all, but, you know, it's not always about that as, you know, as the smarter teams realize,
0: perhaps uh, Detroit will buy out Hamilton's own New Orleans Noel. Hamilton, that uh, that hotbed of uh, of basketball uh, uh, products, but uh, uh, yeah, maybe wind up That's with Noel. Right. Well, that would be maybe maybe, maybe we'll see New Orleans Noel back uh, uh, back on uh, uh, back in the Boston area. That would be my hope.
1: Well, it'll be interesting. I mean, uh, you know, but yeah, um, I'd I'd be looking more there. But <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised, I guess, if you know stuff starts happening once once the uh, uh, again the dominoes start to fall. You know, uh, people want to get in on the game.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Steve, I'm going to let you get back to work because uh, you know we need we we need some. Uh, uh some some posts from you we need to we, we need to do some writing get back on the phone so quit talking to me uh and we're gonna let you go <laughs> but uh thanks everyone for for checking out the self Collector. there you go steve's got two phones uh he's he's, he's going just to, uh he's got uh uh i think that's a uh is that a uh a, a nokia from like 2006 or there steve is that what you got No, this is just the – I actually have a landline. Where I live, I need a landline because – Unbelievable. Yep, yep. Uh, All right. Well, thank thank you, everybody, for checking us out. Thank you, Steve, for for joining me here. Again, I'm Sean Demony from Heavy Sports. Check out uh, heavy.com for all your Celtics coverage. Check out the Facebook page. Uh, and be sure to follow us. And uh, uh, if you like this podcast, then uh, uh, then then we'll be back next week. You can listen to some more, uh, and we'll discuss what happened at the trade deadline. And we will wring our hands and gnash our teeth over what might happen on uh, the beloved uh, uh, buyout markets. So, so thanks, everyone, uh, and uh, and happy trade deadline.